Every time you think you've seen it all, you're going to see something new. Welcome to Hoop Nerds with Billy Kegler, presented by the Wisconsin Basketball Coaches Association. We talk to coaches, athletes, and more to learn from their stories and apply learning lessons to improve each individual and stimulate growth for your program, team, staff, and self. Follow along as we explore success and failure en route to improving the game of basketball. Before we jump in today, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to my friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. I've been associated with their products for a few years now, and I'm really impressed by their innovative and user-friendly shooting machines. They also are great people with tremendous customer service. It's no wonder why they have become the preferred choice among top programs around the country and world. I'm very grateful for their support of the show. Make sure to check them out at drdishbasketball.com and at Dr. Dish B-Ball on social media. Be sure to mention WBCA when ordering your next Dr. Dish to save an extra $300 off any commercial purchase. Coach Peterson, welcome to the Hoop Nerds. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to, to dive in here. I always love having fellow Eagles on because this can go <laughs> one of two directions. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, your, your background is a little bit better than mine. I just moved. I obviously got nothing on the walls behind me right now, so I got some catching up to do. Yeah, I, the the purple uniform I could deal without, but when you marry it, it's kind of what it is, right? Yeah, I was hoping you could turn the camera a little bit this way. Yeah, well, we no, I'm we, we got we got to, we got to talk to uh, the staff at UWL see if they can find my old jersey because apparently it's lost. But we'll see yeah. what happens with that. Sounds good. All right, so we'll get into this, but let's let's go back in time. Hit the rewind button. What's the first time you coached something, anything, and what do you remember from it? I don't really remember a lot from my early coaching career. Um, honestly, it was probably in high school. You know, when you're a high school player, I was at West Salem High School, and we'd always come in on Saturday morning and work with the younger kids, mm-hmm. and I loved doing it. Um, you know, you'd play a hard game on Friday night, you'd get back late, and you'd wake your butt up at 7.30 or whatever. You'd be in the gym at 7.30 shooting around with those kids, and for whatever reason, I really loved it, and I went to Wisconsin Lacrosse not to be a coach. Obviously, I was in the so on the medical side, when I first got there, you know, part of me just really missed basketball. You know, a guy that, well, two people, Terry Erickson at the Boys and Girls Club in Lacrosse, uh, offered me a job and, and just wanted me to get into coaching and just help him because he's a guy that I was around growing up. And then another guy that coached when he was younger in the Boys and Girls Club was Craig Cole. And uh, he's the head coach at Onalaska High School now. But I, I actually started my high school career with him at La Crescent High School in Minnesota, so right across the border. So... Honestly, I don't I don't know if I have like specific memories of that. I would say my first like true basketball memory coaching um, that just like sticks in my head is I coached AAU with a program called Fox Valley Skills. They're now the Wisconsin Playground Warriors. They merged and I worked with a guy named Richie Davis who passed away a couple of years ago. But I'll never forget I was down in um, the Kingwood Classic in Houston, Texas. And that used to be one of the premier AAU events in the spring, like every all the best teams at the time were like Reebok teams, right? Reebok was a huge, huge deal on the circuit. And I was in a 15U game and I was coaching and it was like one of the first major tournaments I'd been at. And we were playing OJ Mayo and Bill Walker. And I forget the name of their team that they were playing with, but we were we were up probably 14 with like two minutes left. And I'm like, we're going to beat these guys. And OJ Mayo's probably one of the best AAU players I've ever seen in person. And this counts my coaching career at the college level too. And, I, you know, like as a young coach, I'm like, we got this game. Well, I don't think OJ Mayo passed the ball the last two minutes and we lost by like 15. He just took the game over and said, I'm winning this game. And I've never seen anything like that before. 
And um, that's like the first true thing that sticks to me. And I, we lost that game. And I was so mad at myself because I was like, man, I'm telling ourselves we're going to win this game. And the dude just takes over. And I just didn't, I never wanted that to happen again because I'm so competitive. And, uh, but it, it was, it was really fun at that age, being a young coach, seeing some of that talent. And one thing that always stuck with me is like, hey, I want to try to coach at the highest level. And I knew I couldn't get there right away, but I knew I could get there if I just worked my tail off and started at the bottom and just try to learn as much as I possibly could. So that's that's one of the first memories that really sticks with me in my coaching career. Well, I'll, the thing that will stick out to you, you have some JUCO roots in you too. So junior college coaching, I once was up by 22 at halftime, down by 18 and one by 24. So anything <laughs> can happen in games. Yeah, I, I always say when you coach, like every time you think you've seen it all, you're going to see something new and it's just, it's bound to happen. And uh, that's, that's basketball. And honestly, that's, that's a lot of junior college basketball too. Yeah. So let's, let's go there. Let's, let's give us your quick synopsis journey of all the stops you've been at in your coaching career. Yeah. So I started off at La Crescent high school. I was there for two years. I started coaching AAU with Fox Valley skills. Um, I went to Williston state junior college in Williston, North Dakota, uh, a very, I call him a famous coach in Wisconsin, Aaron Onnenson, uh at Wisconsin Lutheran. Uh, turned the job down to go to Moorhead with Stu Engen, who was the coach at Wisconsin Lacrosse. You're going to make yeah. his head too big. We can't uh, do this. <laughs> well, I owe a lot to him because he turned the job down and he went, he was a GA at Moorhead and he told the guy that was hiring, he's like, I got the perfect guy. He wanted a Wisconsin guy, uh, recommended me. I got the job. I was there for four years. And the first two years, I was um, probably made $5,000 a year. I did about everything you can imagine intramurals. I ran the weight room, I taught classes. I coached the men and the women. I was the assistant men's coach, assistant women's coach. Uh, the first year I lived in the dorms. The second year I lived in a trailer and it was a half trailer. It wasn't a full trailer. It literally was a half trailer. And I lived in that thing, I think the next three years until my uh, then girlfriend, now my wife came out and was like, hey, this this isn't going to work. <laughs> like we can't live in the same town and, and spend time here. So no, it was it was an awesome four years, learned a ton, got to coach a lot. Um, and then I followed Aaron. Aaron left and went back to Lakeland. And I took the assistant job under Stu at Minnesota State Moorhead. I was with Stu for one year. Who Stu is now the coach at North Dakota State College of Science and just killing it there. Um, and then I worked for a guy named Chad Walthall uh, for one year. Chad was the head coach at Loris for a while in Iowa, another Division three school. Um, but he came from Iowa. He worked with Todd Licklider um, at Iowa. So I had a ton of experience. I learned a ton from Chad. Um, got to go back to Williston to be the head basketball coach um, and the athletic director. And I actually was the head softball coach for two years. Uh, not a lot of people know that, but I, I went back and we started a softball program and I couldn't find anybody to, to start the program. So I, I said I would recruit the, the players to the program and I didn't plan on coaching the team. Well, all the girls that I recruited is like, why would you recruit us if you weren't going to be the coach? So my first year as a head basketball coach, I was the basketball coach, the AD and the head softball coach. And I'm still married. So my wife is a saint, um, but I uh, learned a lot, honestly, just learned a lot coaching uh, females as well. And, and on the women's side, I, I probably made me a better coach, became a lot more patient, taught me how to teach a little bit better. Um, so that was a great experience. I was there for two years as the head coach at Williston and planned to be there for a long time, uh, bought a house. And then a guy named Craig Smith got the South Dakota job and he was an assistant at Nebraska under Tim Miles. And called me up and asked me if I had interest. And he recruited one of our best players who's an All-American to Nebraska. Uh, he didn't end up going to Nebraska, but he was up several times and watched me run practice, watched me coaching games and just 
we had some really good talks and he he coached in North Dakota for a long time as well at Minot State, Mayville. He was a he was an assistant at Northern State. So he had a, a bunch of experience and I just really connected with him. And yeah, I just thought to myself, like, hey, I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. Uh, we had a great team coming back, a team that I thought could have probably been a top 10 team in the country at Division One JUCO. We'd won 27 games the year before. We lost two players. We added three very, very good players. And it was really hard for me to leave, but I believed in them that much. And I just wanted to get better and keep growing. And like I said earlier in the in the call, like I wanted to coach at the highest level at some point too. And one of the things that I learned and we'll probably talk about more is just being around good people, like just not just the players you recruit, but if you're going to take a chance like that, you want to be around somebody you really believe in that is a good person. And I really felt that with Craig. And we were at South Dakota for four years. Uh, I had a really good year in year three, won the league for the first time in school history. And then year four, we won 26 games. Uh, we ended up getting upset in the championship game to get to the NCAA tournament, but we were most of the year, the number two mid-major team in the country behind Gonzaga. Like we were really, really good. Lost to TCU by three, lost at UCLA by three. I uh, had those guys on the ropes. And uh, from there, we got hired at Utah State. And honestly, I'd probably been to Utah maybe once or twice ever. And that was just the Salt Lake Community College to do some recruiting. And I, I flew right back out. Uh, the JUCO is like five minutes from the airport and didn't know anybody in Utah and go out to Logan, Utah, which is an hour and a half north of Salt Lake City. Nobody really believed in us. We were picked ninth out of 11 teams in our league the first year. And uh, things go our way. And we win the league for the first time in school history, make the NCAA tournament. And I uh, had three really good years, qualified for the NCAA tournament all three years we were there. Um, and then get offered the Utah job. My boss did and uh, go with them. And I was there one year last year, planned to be there much longer. I actually bought two houses in Salt Lake City. So uh, that was not good timing on our part. Um, but this is a place I just got the head job at the University of South Dakota. And this is a place that I'd been for four years. We have great friends here. It's a place that I believe in. I believe in the leadership here. And it just was a really, really good fit for me. Um, there was a lot of jobs that, you know, maybe that I could have interviewed for, or I did interview for, and I just figured it probably wasn't the best fit for me. And I wanted to go somewhere that I knew would be a good fit for me, but my family as well. And, and this was the place. So that's maybe not so quick, but that's all the stops I've been. Um, and then along with coaching at AAU for eight years in the state of Wisconsin, I think really helped me as well. All right. We're going to circle back to, to this relationship and it's not what you know, who you know of peace, but I'm taking a 20 second quick softball okay. coach Peterson. What's something that you learn coaching women that you didn't anticipate ahead of time that now you still use because it was such an enlightening process for you? Actually, when I was an assistant at La Crescent, um, they approached me and said, Hey, do you want to be the JV softball coach? And I'm not going to say the name of the guy. Cause you probably get in trouble for saying this, but he's like, listen, it's super easy. I'm the head, I'm the head, um, varsity coach. And if like most of the season gets rained out anyways, so it's a really short season and you're going to make this amount of money and I'm in college and I'm broke and I'm like, yes, I'll do it. Just tell me where to show up. So I actually coached one season of softball. That's why I wasn't like super scared to do it. Um, and I recruited just like I would recruit men's basketball players. And I think that's probably a little bit different. Uh, we took second in the league that year. We were district runner up. Um, we were actually really, really good. We had a couple of division one pitchers on our um, on our team. And the next year they end up winning the region. And the guy that I hired was an assistant coach, strength coach at Wisconsin at one point. And he ended up being the softball coach at Wisconsin Green Bay for a while. <laughs> he was at Parkside and then got the Green Bay job. So 
I take a lot of credit for his career to be, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, to answer your question, one of the things I learned was just, I was always really serious with our guys as a young coach. I didn't want to portray like I was trying to be their friend. I wanted to make sure they knew as a young coach, I was trying to be their coach. And one of the things that the girls taught me was like, just to relax a little bit and have fun. And it's okay to joke around once in a while. And, you know, I'd be in that van and they'd be belting out music all the way to Bismarck, which is three hours and 45 minutes. And I, you can't do anything about it. So you almost have to just laugh and almost just kind of, um, I don't know, not, not be part of them, but just understand who they are and it's okay to have fun and it's okay to joke around a little bit. And I think I loosened up a lot more at that point. And I think I, be I became a better coach. There's times when you can be really serious and there are times where you can, you can joke around with them. And that's what I learned through coaching women's softball. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go back to this relationship piece. And, and it's not necessarily about what you know, but who you know and how it helps you progress in the business and through life and anything you do, really. So what really intrigues me by this is you have to identify people who are quality people. You mentioned being around good people. So what's a tip or a trick or something that triggers you to know that, hey, this is a good person. I can go with them or I can follow them because they'll lead me to a good place. Yeah. So, you know, just I think the more you get to know people and build relationships, I don't think it's one call because I think there's just too many. Honestly, there's a lot of fake people in this business that tell you what you want to hear. And some kids, some coaches do that with recruiting the kids as well. And I'm the type of coach that I'm going to call a kid a lot and really get to know that I'm going to I'm going to get to know their family at a high level. And it might take us a little bit longer to get there with the kid, but we're going to we're going to talk to them a lot. And you know, with the process with Craig, it was, I knew mutual people that really respected him and that had known him a lot longer than I had. But the more I talked to him, the more I just knew he was a real person. We, you know, for example, I, I learned a lot from him, but when I was leaving Utah, um, like probably the last month, I was talking to a kid that uh, is now at an ACC school. I was recruiting him. Um, I went down to IMG quite a bit to see him and um, where you used to work or did your internship. And one of the last calls I had with him, um, I hung up with him and he's like, coach, wait. And I was like, what? And he goes, we haven't talked about basketball at all. And we'd probably talked for 45 minutes. And I'm like, so like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, we didn't talk about basketball. Everybody else talks about basketball. And I was like, we talked about basketball the last time we spoke. I want to know about you and things that drive you and things you like to do off the floor. And he kind of just like, he couldn't believe that we weren't talking about basketball. And in to me, it means so much more to really get to know somebody at the personal level and really understand them. And when you build that relationship with them, you can coach them harder or Craig could be harder on me because we had a relationship and I wasn't going to be uh, just looking at him like, well, why is he so hard on me? No, I knew he cared about me and I knew we had that relationship so he could coach me harder as an assistant coach for him. And that's that's the biggest thing I probably learned from him is that you win with people. And you want to surround yourself with good people. But it, at the end of the day, it was just a gut feeling for me. Like, man, the more I'm around this dude, the more I talk to him. Like, I just see how genuine he is and how much I, I would love working for him. And um, he's a great motivator. If you've ever, like, seen him speak or seen an interview with them, like, you get off that that interview and you're ready just to run through a wall for that guy. And that's how our players played. And that's how that's how I was an assistant coach. Like, I would hear him talk and i like, man, I want to be part of that. So that's. I don't know if there's one thing that made it click for me, but it's just continually building that relationship with him and really getting to know him. And I've used that a lot in life and recruiting as well. 
right? So on the recruiting theme, if you're talking to a kid, but I only allow you to have one question that you can ask them. What is that one question that you need to ask that recruit? Sideline Interactive delivers digital and LED scoring tables and video boards that generate excitement in your gym and the ultimate game day experience for your players and fans. We provide you the blueprint and the game plan to generate $10,000 or more in sponsorship revenue every year. 95% of our schools generate enough advertising dollars during the first school year to pay for their purchase. Any school or college can qualify for no fee, no interest financing over two school years. We're ready and able to deliver your order to you within three to four weeks. The tables and boards can be used for any indoor sport, as well as watching game films, school assemblies, signing days, or any other event that is held in your gym. Visit sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a 15 to 30 minute live web demo to see our tables and boards in action and what these fantastic products can do for you. Or email sales at sidelineinteractive.com. A link to sidelineinteractive.com is in the show notes for today's episode. As many listeners know, I spent over six years as a general manager at Just the Game Fieldhouse in Wisconsin Dells. I was able to spend time talking hoops with coaches like Tom Izzo, along with high school and youth coaches, in addition to meeting some basketball legends, including my childhood favorite, Sam Elkey, who is in the WBCA Hall of Fame and High School Basketball Museum, located at Just the Game Fieldhouse, which is a must-visit for any true hoop nerd. They also play host to the WBCA All-Star Games and Coaches Clinic every year. Just a Game hosts over 70 basketball and volleyball tournaments annually and is a great place to play for teams of all ages and ability levels. You can't beat all Wisconsin Dells has to offer in your free time. The Fieldhouse also has two sister companies in Just a Game Impressions and Just a Game Live. Just a Game Impressions specializes in customized screen printing and embroidery and promotional products. They serve businesses, schools, sports teams, and more. Just a Game Live takes pride in providing affordable and simple live streaming solutions for venues or programs of all kinds. Inquire today for more information. For more info on everything Just a Game has to offer, check them out at justagamefieldhouse.com. Okay, so if it's a serious question, I would ask him what's important to him. Like, what are you looking for when you're looking for a school? And a lot of kids don't know. You know, I, I just talked to one kid uh, this spring who was transferring. And I said, why did you go to that school? And he goes, I went for these reasons, coach. But honestly, I never saw them play. I never watched their style of play. And I'm an awful fit for what, what they do on the floor. He's like, I don't know why. I went on my visit and everybody was talking to him on my visit. I didn't get to watch them play. They didn't show me film prior. And I just felt like I picked the entirely wrong school. So when I ask a kid, what's important to you in the recruiting process? Like, give me two or three things. You can really tell what that kid is about by asking them that question. Now, if it's like a fun question, I'll say one of my favorite questions is who's your favorite NBA player? And then you can really get a feel for like, okay, he likes this dude. This dude doesn't play any defense. He loves to just score it. Like that's probably what he's trying to be like. Or, you know, somebody says Dame, like Dame's tough and he's a winner, you know? And I'm like, okay, I like that. So it's always interesting. And some guys just throw off the wall guys at you. And you're kind of thinking like, man, I really got to go back and watch that guy play to understand what he, you know what I mean? And, but those are the guys that really know basketball and like study it. And I love watching NBA basketball, but I just don't have the time like I used to, to watch it all the time. So, so if somebody uh, says Arvidas Sabonis, then what do you think? <laughs> I mean, like, how old are you? Are, is that your age on your birth certificate? No, um, no, like that's, that's kind of what it likes. There's, there's some old school traits and some guys say like, I love Tim Duncan. I, I used to love watching David Robinson play or like, 
going back and watching Shaq or, you know, you're just like, huh, you weren't even born when Shaq was doing his thing or whatever. So, and now all the kids think LeBron's better than Jordan or, you know what I mean? And like, man, I grew up in a small town outside, like on a farm in West Salem, Wisconsin. And I had one 13 inch TV. And every time the Bulls played, like, I always acted like I was sleeping in my room and then my parents would go to bed and I turned that thing back on and watch the game till it was done. Cause that's, that was Michael Jordan. But no, I mean, the what's important to you, you find a lot about the kid. And, and if you ask that like more than once when you're recruiting him and it changes every time you can tell, like he has no idea what he wants. And you have to really think like, am I going to take this guy that really isn't sure what he wants? And if he's not sure and he comes here, he, it might be the wrong fit. And then he's just going to leave and transfer. So guys that really understand what they want. And then I just like to ask fun questions too, just to, to chop it up with them. Okay. What's a fun question Get, besides the NBA player? Give me one of oh, your questions. I'll ask them. Um, I'll ask them other than video games and hanging out with their friends. What are like two things they like to do? Cause every kid, if you ask them, coach, I hang out with my friends. I play video games. No, like everybody's saying that. Or um, I ask them a lot about like, this is a funny question and it might not like nobody might care about this, but I ask them how their parents met mm -hmm. and like 90% of the kids have no idea how their parents met or like, Hey, what exactly does your mom do? And they're like, well, she's in sales, but I'm not sure what, like, Hey, talk to your parents. Like just go at night at dinner and say, mom, how did you and dad meet? You know what I mean? And like, I think that's cool. Yeah. They might not think it's cool, but like, um, I ask silly questions like that all the time. Um, I don't know. I talk to kids a lot and we just throw a lot of hypotheticals out there and ask a lot of weird questions. So um, do you like, would you rather scenarios? Do you do that with them? I haven't. No, I haven't. But that's a good idea. I could pull okay. that out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's, that was one of our favorites is would you rather, but anyway, we're, I'm getting off topic. I, I want to no. pull us back. So you've mentioned some people who have helped you along your journey. I'm curious if you can tell me about a mentor that you've had and something that they taught you that you use on a regular basis. Yeah, I think the first, and this might not be considered a mentor, but the first guy that's at like really been a huge part of my life is my dad. Um, I really learned the value of hard work from him. Uh, he grew up on a farm in um, Chaseburg, Wisconsin. So kind of in between Lacrosse and Westby. And um, he just had a strong work ethic. He was an engineer for train company. Um, so he'd work all day. And then he still ran like a part-time farm at our house. I, I kid with him. It was more for hunting purposes. So you'd have like a hunting farm, but we had cattle. We had, you know, we had horses, we had um, some other animals or whatever, but I would just see how hard he would work. And I would take that from him. Like, man, that's my dad. And he works his tail off for us. And it's hard not to want to work hard when you grow up around that and see that. So one of the things I, I told myself is if I'm going to do this in college basketball and I'm going to go take a job for $5,000 a year in Williston, North Dakota, which that I had no idea where Williston was. I called the head coach on my drive out there. And uh, this is when you had MapQuest, right? You had to print it off. And I had a cell phone, but it like you only used it on night, night and weekends because you couldn't. It cost so much money. I called him halfway out and I was like, hey, I'm in uh, Fargo. And it, it was a 12-hour drive. Well, Fargo was six hours away. He's like, hey, great. But you still have six hours to go. So that, I, I'll never forget that. But um, I'm like, if I'm going to do this and go this far away from home and try to get into college, I'm not going to let people outwork me. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to make it. So I don't know if you could say he's a mentor. That's who I learned how to work hard from. The mentors I've had, the first one was Richie Davis. Uh, I learned a lot from him. And I know some people in Wisconsin loved him and other people didn't like him because they were really good and they always had really good players. But I learned a lot from Richie. I learned how to recruit. 
I was recruiting seventh and eighth graders to our AU program before I even knew what recruiting was. I didn't know that was recruiting, but I was calling them. I was going to young, like young kids tournaments and watching and evaluating. And I just learned how to like really interact with people through Richie. And that's a huge, huge deal in this business. And then it kind of shifted. I got, you know, really close with the, the, my mentor at Williston was Terry Olson. He had coached for 26 years. He's a junior college legend, won over 500 games. And I learned a lot about everything outside of basketball. I learned a lot about basketball, but he was also the athletic director. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about fundraising. I learned about how to run an apartment because honestly, I was his assistant coach. I was basically his assistant athletic director too. So I got, I was involved in so many more pieces than I really even knew about. I didn't know I was doing this stuff, but when I became the athletic director there, I was like, man, I know how to do this stuff because I helped him do it. So I, I learned a lot about everything outside of basketball, the business aspect, uh, how to fundraise, how to treat people, um, how to run a program as well. And then, you know, obviously I go with Craig and I was with Craig for the last eight years. And that was, that was a really, really hard deal for me to leave, um, Utah. Cause I was only there for one year and, um, Every place I'd been with Craig, we built it up and we'd won at a high, high level. And we hadn't done that yet at Utah. So when I got offered the job, uh, that was the hardest conversation I had to a call I had to make and conversation I had to have was with Craig. Uh, but he he was just an unbelievable people person. And like we talked about before, I learned very early you win with people. It's you can win with bad people in your program, but it's not very fun. And I've done that at some of the stops. And I would much rather win with great people. And I think being around him, it really separates good teams from great teams. Like we would play, and I'm not going to name the, name the teams, but if you go back and look at our schedule at Utah State, we played a couple of SEC schools and we beat them. And one of them was without our NBA center. And, you know, like they're asking us like, hey, man, like, how do you guys do it? And we're like, what? Like, how are your guys that connected, that close? Um, you could just tell when, when it was like crunch time they just bonded together and they were like, we're not going to lose this game. And honestly, it's re recruiting like-minded people that are great people. And they're like, we're going to call you after the season and pick your brain. And it's like, it's not rocket science, <laughs> like recruit great people that are winners that really want to be part of your program. And they're going to come together and find a way to make it happen. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and we're working on getting in our locker room here at South Dakota is, um, Good teams have good players. Great teams have great teammates. And I know it kind of sounds cliche, but to me, the longer I coach, that's what separates the championship level teams. They're all the most connected. They're all the, the best teammates and they always want to be together. Um, and you spend so much time. And I, don't, I know it was like that at Division Three, but Division One even more. Like you're in um, classes together. You're in the training room together. You're lifting together. Uh, we can do stuff outside the, the off season. So you're with those guys all the time. And if you have a couple bad eggs that people don't like, it's taxing and it's tiring. So if you just recruit like-minded people, eventually they're going to form that bond and they're going to be super unselfish in servant leaders and try to just be the best teammate possible. And that's, that's one of the biggest things I learned about Craig. He's such a relationship guy. He's such a high energy guy. Um, the other thing about Craig Smith, is, and this is no lie, I've never seen the guy have a bad day. So coming from junior college, like you'd have bad days all the time. And I was younger and I let people see that. And it was not the right move probably, but people would tell if I had a bad day and I get to South Dakota, I'm like, okay, it's a one week thing. No, nah, it's the first month. No, nah, it's the first season. And now we're in year four. And I'm like, this dude does not have a bad day. Now he did, but he never 
let that go to practice. He never showed our staff that he had a bad day. Uh, he was the most high energy, energetic guy, uh, enthusiastic. And it just, I learned from that. If he never has a bad day, how can I have a bad day? Right. How can the other assistants have a bad day? How can our players have a bad day when the head coach is always on? And that is the truth over eight years. I've never seen the guy have a bad day. And it's two kinds of days, good days and great days. Yes. And that's the way it goes. Percent. Yeah. And that was honestly, that's, that's so inspiring to be around a person like that. Yeah. I have that people who are listening, who know my guy, big dog, Gary Brenneman. He has two days, good days and great days. And it's the same, same situation. So, you know, these, these coaches are asking you how you get them connected and it starts with you asking good questions in the recruiting process. So well, I'm going to finish up on my favorite question. It's a hypothetical. So use your imagination a bit for me. Okay. So if you're looking inside a refrigerator, what one item in that refrigerator best identifies with who you are as a person and why? Oh my goodness. That's a, that's a, that's a great question. In a refrigerator, it can't be a freezer. It's in a refrigerator. Yeah. Let's say some ground beef. Okay. And here's why, because you can make a lot of things out of ground beef, right? So our, our days as college basketball coaches, the reason I love my job, every day is different. So you got to make something different happen every day. You can do tacos. You can do sloppy joes. You can do burgers. You can do meatloaf. What am I forgetting? You can do, I don't know, a casserole. You, you can call put it in a salad. You can do a yeah, casserole. Hot dish, right? Hot dish. I, everywhere <laughs> I go, it's called something different. Sloppy joes are, um, man, there's, there's a different term for them out west. And that, you, there's just like. They don't know what I'm talking about because I'm I'm from Wisconsin, but I got kind of got the Wisconsin accent and the North Dakota accent um, going. But uh, no, like it's different every single day. So I would say the part about me is I have to adapt to whatever the day brings, and it's different now as a head being a head coach again. I haven't been a head coach in eight years, right? So as an assistant, yeah, it's different every single day. But a head coach, it's a different level, different every single day. Uh, there's a million things going on. There's a million people that want to interview you, that want to you to speak at the university center that wanted you to speak to the, the Kyle crazies. Uh, I'm getting calls about going to the quarterback club in Yankton, uh, in South Dakota. Like it's just something different every day. So to me, ground beef is you can make something different every single day. Well, I love it. And thank you for taking our call and coming on the hoop nurse to share with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.